Welcome to the Sex and Psychology Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Justin Miller. I am a social psychologist and research fellow at the Kinsey Institute and author of the book, Tell Me What You Want, The Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life. Have you ever fantasized about being forced to have sex? If so, you're not alone. Fantasies about being taken against one's will are actually quite common. These fantasies go by a lot of different names. For example, some people refer to these as rape fantasies, which is a term I don't personally like because these fantasies bear no relation to sexual assault in the real world. In fantasies like this, the fantasizer is in complete control. They choose who their partner or partners are, and they dictate how the entire scene unfolds. So you're not really being forced to do something in these fantasies. That's why I prefer terms like ravishment fantasies or consensual non-consent fantasies when talking about this topic. So how many people have ever had a fantasy along these lines? This is something I explored in Tell Me What You Want, which is based on a survey of more than 4,000 Americans' sexual fantasies. Among the many things I asked about were fantasies about being forced to have sex. I found that these fantasies are actually quite common among people of all genders and sexualities. So specifically, 61% of self-identified women said they had fantasized about this before, and 24%, about one in four, said they fantasize about it often. Among self-identified men, 54%, so just over half of them, had fantasized about forced sex, while 11.5% said this was something they fantasize about often. Among participants who identified as non-binary with respect to their gender, 68% reported having had this fantasy before, and 31% said they fantasized about it often. So what we're seeing is that most people across genders say this is a fantasy they've had before, but those who identify as women or as non-binary are more likely to have had the fantasy and to have the fantasy often. So what are these fantasies really about? What's the deeper psychology behind them? That's what we're going to be exploring today. I'm going to share with you some actual fantasies that my participants submitted so that you can get a better sense of them, and then we'll unpack them. To help me put this show together, I invited Rose Carraway back to narrate the actual fantasies. So she'll read a fantasy, and then I'll do a little analysis of it, just like in the last episode. Rose is an amazing narrator who runs the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica podcast. She is also a writer, editor, and publisher, and a previous guest on this show. This is going to be a fascinating episode, so stick around, and we're going to jump in right after the break. It's Masturbation Month, so it's the perfect time to explore self-pleasure, and our friends over at The Handy are here to offer a helping hand. The Handy, made by Sweet Tech, is an automatic stroking device that mimics the sensations of partnered fun. Check out the Dream Collection, Sweet Tech's latest line of sleeves, which can help you to find the exact sensation you're after. The Handy is an advanced device that can be synced up with video, including virtual reality, which allows you to mimic the action on screen. So what you see is what you feel. To get your hands on The Handy, find the link in the show notes or visit thehandy.com and be sure to use my exclusive discount code, sexandpsych, that's all one word, to get 10% off your purchase. Again, that's thehandy.com. The Kinsey Institute at Indiana University has been investigating issues of sex, gender, and relationships for 75 years. 
To commemorate the Institute's 75th anniversary, they will be hosting events all throughout the year, including art exhibitions, research lectures, a book club, dance performances, and much more. Visit their website at kinseyinstitute.org or follow them on social media for the latest details. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Kinsey Institute. All right, let's talk about ravishment fantasies. I have five of them that I want to share with you today. The first one is pretty typical of these kinds of fantasies, so I think it's a pretty good place to start. And when I say pretty typical of these fantasies, I mean specifically for women who report having these fantasies. We're going to talk about some men's forced sex fantasies and some women's forced sex fantasies today, and we're going to start with women's. So here's the fantasy in the actual words of one of my research participants, as read by Rose Carraway. Ravished by my lover. One fantasy I often come back to is one of forced sex. I often imagine my current partner coming over to my place, and as soon as he enters the door, he pins me to the wall forcefully and begins kissing me. He doesn't even wait to close the door. He tears off my clothes and forces me down on my knees to satisfy him. He pulls my hair, bites and licks my neck, and scratches my back. Then he brings me up, turns me around, and takes me from behind. He puts one hand around my neck and squeezes slightly. All of it without saying a word or asking for permission. This is the epitome of a ravishment fantasy. As this woman describes it, her partner comes home and literally can't keep his hands off of her. He's so excited and so intensely attracted to her that he doesn't even have time to close the door. There's this great intensity to it. And so in that sense, it's really about being with someone who has this overwhelming desire and passion for you. They want you so much that they can't control themselves. So a huge part of fantasies like this is the passion element and wanting to be wanted in an overpowering way. So in part, it's about that longing to be desired. But as you heard, there's also a BDSM element to it. So she's taking on this submissive role and her partner is taking on this dominant role and telling her what to do. There's also a light bondage element where she's pinned to the ball. And then there are the sadomasochistic elements of biting, scratching, hair pulling, and light pressure on the neck. So there's a little bit of pain mixed in with the pleasure. In this way, it's incorporating a lot of different elements of BDSM all at once. There also appears to be a slight exhibitionistic element to it as well, right? Because the door isn't closed. So there's the possibility that other people might see or observe what's happening. So in this way, there's kind of a public sex element to it where there's that thrill or excitement that is intensified by that potential risk of being caught. In looking at the main themes that are present here, we see both passion and power play, which are two of the most pervasive themes in our sexual fantasies. But there's also the taboo element of not asking for permission and just going for it. So it's playing with this taboo around non-consent. But again, in the fantasy, you're in control. So it's not really non-consensual. And again, that's why some people refer to these fantasies as consensual non-consent fantasies. 
I see in fantasies like this that these are the kinds of things that people often want to remain simply as fantasies. Yes, there are some people who want to act them out and some people who do act them out. But I see a lot of hesitation among my participants when it comes to acting out ravishment fantasies in real life. Because if you were to act it out, you would have to give up some control to someone else. So when people do act out these fantasies, it's often with a trusted partner with whom you can negotiate your boundaries very clearly in advance. And that's why a lot of these fantasies center around a known or loved partner, because you know that that individual isn't out to hurt you. And perhaps you feel particularly safe with that individual. All right, let's consider a different variant on forced sex fantasies. Once again, here's Rose. Kidnapped and forced to have sex. I frequently fantasize about being in a situation where I am forced to have sex. Not rape, but being forced into having sex with somebody I love. For example, a common one for me is being kidnapped along with someone I desire. For whatever reason, the kidnappers force us into having sex with each other. It is passionate, desperate, and a little sad. Often there will be someone watching, but not directly in the room, possibly through a camera or something similar. We are forced to have sex over and over. At first, it is something we have to do to survive. But as it goes on, it becomes extremely passionate and pleasurable. Often, this fantasy goes hand in hand with another fantasy where someone I care about is in the room watching me as I am forced to have sex with one of our kidnappers, but they are unable to save me. Afterwards, they embrace me and we have gentle and passionate sex, almost as a reminder that it doesn't have to hurt. There are several things worth pointing out about this fantasy description. The first is that at the outset, the participant clarifies that this is forced sex, but it's not rape, which again really highlights how these fantasies are not about sexual assault. Next, we see her describing being forced to have sex with someone that she loves over and over again. And it becomes more passionate and more intense each time. So in this way, it's pretty similar to the first fantasy you heard, where there's this known partner and you have this intense attraction and very passionate sex with each other. Also, like the first fantasy, there's that exhibitionistic element here where the kidnappers are watching them have sex, or at least there's that possibility of being seen over video camera. So again, we have that public sex element. But there are also some BDSM themes here. This fantasy is a little different from the first one in how those themes are being expressed, though. So what we see here is this theme of submission, where the fantasizer is being made to do something by a third party. But in this case, it's not their partner that is forcing them to do something. It's someone else entirely. There's also a masochistic element in the sense that she describes this situation as feeling desperate and maybe a little sad at times. So there's some psychological pain. And that comes back in at the end where she talks about the related fantasy of being made to have sex with one of the kidnappers while her partner watches and he is unable to do anything about it. That part at the end also brings in the element of cuckolding, 
which we talked about on the previous episode, where someone is having sex with another person while their partner watches. Cuckolding is a very popular fantasy, and it's a pretty big taboo because it violates the norm of monogamy. But then there's also that contrast she describes between sex with the kidnapper followed by sex with her partner, where she has these back-to-back experiences of rough sex followed by gentle sex. So there's a balance between these two things of having both intensity and comfort simultaneously within this fantasy. So just like the first fantasy, we're seeing these same themes of passion, power play, exhibitionism, and taboos, but they're just expressed in somewhat different ways. But the second fantasy also adds in this multi-partner and non-monogamy element to it. All right, let's consider one more example of a forced sex fantasy provided by a woman, and then we'll turn to some examples from men. Once again, here's Rose. Animalistic sex with an alpha male. I'm a confident and assertive woman in reality. In my fantasy, I find myself forced for various reasons to work and live with a small group of individuals I've never met, usually for survival reasons. There is a dark, brooding, cocky alpha male, and we immediately grate on each other's nerves and develop a strong dislike for each other. We are constantly trying to one-up and outdo each other, which results in strong sexual tension. A disagreement leads to a heated, intense argument that borders on becoming physical. But instead, he grabs me and pins me down, kissing my neck and forcing himself on me. Initially, I struggle to pull away from him and fight him, but he's much stronger. So I'm forced to submit, which ignites my passion. The rest is just raw, animalistic sex. The first thing that stands out to me from this fantasy is the idea of seeking balance. This woman describes her real self as being confident and assertive, someone who is dominant in the real world. But in her fantasy, she becomes totally submissive. This is a common reason why some people are drawn to BDSM fantasies and practices in the first place. It's a way that they can relieve the pressures and burdens of being dominant in daily life or as being decision makers. And then they take on this submissive sexual role that provides that sense of balance. We often hear about this kind of thing among men. So for example, in a previous episode of this podcast, I interviewed a professional dominatrix, Savrula Tosca, who worked in a dungeon in New York City for several years. She worked with a lot of very powerful and rich men who would come to her to be submissive. And for many of them, it was about that need for balance and for escape. But as you can see from this particular fantasy that Rose just read, it isn't just men who sometimes want relief from power and responsibility. Some women can be drawn to BDSM for this very same reason. Another interesting part of this fantasy is that she describes her partner as this cocky alpha male. And by contrast, she is seemingly this confident feminist. So he's not the type of person in reality that she would likely aspire to be with. Rather, he's sort of the antithesis of that. So one lens through which you could view this is that being forced to have sex with this alpha male is a taboo. 
And perhaps it's also humiliating to some degree. So there's sort of this masochistic element of someone who doesn't share your values, totally dominating you in the bedroom. This reminds me of some of the fantasies I received from folks who wanted to be with someone who had a different political background or different set of political beliefs than they do, such as a hardcore liberal Democrat who fantasizes about sex with a conservative Republican. That wasn't a particularly common fantasy in my research, but it certainly did emerge. And on a side note, if you want to read more about political sex fantasies, I actually wrote an article for Politico a few years back looking at what Democrats and Republicans fantasize about. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Funnily enough, that article actually made it into Stephen Colbert's monologue on The Late Show one time. And if you have a chance to check that out on YouTube, you absolutely should because it's a hoot. But anyway, Going back to forced sex fantasies, when they involve someone that you aren't supposed to be attracted to, I often see the sex described as forced, which I suspect is a way that some people give themselves permission to engage with those attractions, right? Because if it's forced on you, you don't have to accept the same level of personal responsibility for it. So in that sense, it might be seen as sort of this safer way of engaging with a taboo attraction. Now, the part of this fantasy where she describes having a rivalry that turns into passion also stands out. This is a common theme in lots of television shows. The first one that comes to mind is Bridgerton, where you have these characters who express this strong dislike toward one another, but underlying that dislike is this deep attraction. So the characters have these passionate arguments that ultimately culminate in very passionate sex. So all three of these forced sex fantasies submitted by women, while expressed quite differently, have a lot of common elements. So first is that submission coupled with some other aspects of BDSM. Then there's the breaking of some taboo. And then there's this intense passion, the raw animalistic sex, as one of them described it. And in all of these cases, the partner was someone they knew or already had sexual tension with. Yes, it is the case that sometimes women's forced sex fantasies do involve strangers, but more often than not, it's with a known partner. All right, now let's consider some examples of forced sex fantasies submitted by men. Once again, here's Rose. Banged by the Bachelorettes. My favorite fantasy is to be the entertainment for a bachelorette party and be used by the women as a sex slave. Along with another man, we are made to take care of the women and do sexual acts for them, as well as serve them in the nude and make sure the party goes well. The other guy and me are made to interact with each other in forced bisexuality and used for games, such as who can keep from coming the longest or who is the best pussy licker. We wear masks over our eyes so the girls don't know who we are. We, the males, don't know each other, but I recognize some of the women at the party. We are given Viagra to keep our cocks solid the whole night. We are jerked off and penetrated by the women with strap-ons. There is a reverse gangbang where all of the women take turns fucking the men. We are used in every way imaginable. We have to submit to any of their desires, 
and make sure to keep their drinks fresh. I love how detailed this fantasy is, and especially the emphasis on keeping the drinks fresh. So much attention to detail and so much to unpack here. So first, just like in the women's forced sex fantasies, there's a lot of BDSM going on here, starting with him taking on this very submissive role. As he describes it, he's a sex slave who is forced to do whatever the bachelorettes want. This includes forced submissive bisexuality. So this guy has to sexually engage with another man, but in a performative way. So again, there's that exhibitionistic element of being watched. But this forced bisexuality is something I see in a lot of heterosexual men's fantasies. I suspect it's because by virtue of being forced, it's giving these men permission to explore their sexuality. So in this sense, forced sex leads to sexual freedom in a way. They can engage with this attraction to other men that they might see as taboo and might not feel able to engage with in any other way. It's also often the case that heterosexual men's bisexuality fantasies involve women in some way. I suspect this is because it somehow feels less gay to some men if they're going to experiment with other men when they're in the company of women. I don't know, just a thought. I also see this theme of forced bisexuality often occurring in heterosexual men's cuckolding fantasies, such as when a guy is forced to watch his wife have sex with another man, and then he is forced to perform oral sex on her afterwards, where he comes into contact with or ingests the other man's semen. Then there's also the pegging part, where he's anally penetrated by other women. For a lot of men, anal play in general is taboo, and some see it as a masculinity threat. So the anal stimulation part here can be seen as flirting with another taboo. And of course, there's that multiple partner element. There's a male partner that this guy has, as well as several female partners. And as he describes it, it's a reverse gangbang, which is the first time I've ever seen anyone describe that in a fantasy. And I find it fascinating. Gangbang fantasies usually involve multiple men having sex with one woman. But in this case, we've got multiple women who are penetrating one man. Now, compared to women's forced sex fantasies, something that's notably absent here is the sense of passion. He says he recognizes some, but not all of the people at the party, but there's no real emotional connection or existing relationship with any of them. This fantasy isn't about passion and emotional connection. As he describes it, it's more about being used. And that's really one of the key differentiators I see when you look at men's and women's forced sex fantasies. This isn't to say that men can't fantasize about forced sex that involves themes of passion. They certainly can. Some do. Everyone is different. It's just that passion seems less likely to be a part of men's fantasies about being forced to have sex compared to women. All right, I have one final forced sex fantasy to share with you. And this is another one submitted by a man. Once again, here's Rose. Taken by a warrior princess. My fantasy involves a strong, confident, and powerful woman. 
This woman could range from a high-powered executive to an Amazonian warrior princess. Either way, I am submissive to their desires and wishes. They pursue me. They seduce me. I am nervous and reticent at first, but quickly become excited and comfortable with fulfilling the woman's needs. This can involve me going down on them or the woman going down on me. The point is that this is about what she wants. She is making decisions and telling me what to do. There is a measure of excitement in submitting to a powerful woman. This desire has been with me a long time and started with the book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, where a powerful warrior woman captures Luke Skywalker so that she can breed him. That version, The Warrior Princess, has more aspects of forced sex to it, where I am captured against my will and made to have sex with the woman. When I fantasize about the executive, it has aspects of sexual harassment to it. My boss threatens to fire me if I don't submit to her sexual advances. I am very uncomfortable with the sexual overtures, but I become aroused almost against my will. My body betrays me and becomes aroused and desires the sex. Okay, I don't know about you, but I'm going to have to go and check out The Courtship of Princess Leia right after this because it sounds absolutely fascinating. But anyway, like the other male fantasy I shared, again, there are BDSM themes here, but primarily submission. You could also argue that there's a bit of masochism in the part at the end where he talks about being uncomfortable with his boss's advances. Perhaps he feels some degree of humiliation in being sexually harassed. But there's definitely a lot of power play happening here too. It's also very much about pleasing her and doing what brings the woman pleasure. So one way to look at this is that he's getting pleasure from her pleasure. So there's sort of a compersion aspect here. But I suspect it's also about him feeling sexually confident himself. By pleasing these powerful, experienced women who have hand-selected him out of any guy they could choose, that might provide a little ego boost. He's wanted, he's desired, and he's able to give a lot of pleasure. The latter part of the fantasy, the part about the executive, showcases a very taboo element. We all know that sexual harassment in the real world is wrong. So fantasizing about harassment is taboo. It's definitely not something that's supposed to happen, let alone something that you're turned on by. So again, you have lots of BDSM and taboo themes here. But again, there's that notable lack of passion and emotional connection to the partner. Now, I could go on sharing these fantasies with you for hours because there were a ton of them that my participants submitted. Forced sex is really one of the more popular fantasy themes, and that made it pretty hard to choose which ones to share. But I hope you now have a flavor for how these kinds of fantasies might play out and the core themes that are often in them. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about why some people seem more likely to have these fantasies than others. In my data, I see that there are several characteristics associated with forced sex fantasies, so let's consider a few. First, people with overactive imaginations and those who reported fantasizing the most often in general were the most likely to report fantasizing about forced sex. This tells us that for some people, 
these fantasies may be nothing more than the product of a wandering mind. These folks tend to have a wider range of fantasy content in general, simply because they have more active imaginations. Second, people with an unrestricted sociosexual orientation tend to have more forced sex fantasies. So in other words, these fantasies are more common among people who tend to see sex and emotion as separable. So these fantasies may sometimes stem from an ability to distinguish physical sex acts from love and other emotions. And that may be particularly true for men, given that we saw passion and emotional connection taking a lesser role in their forced sex fantasies. Third, people with sensation-seeking personalities had more forced sex fantasies. So in other words, forced sex fantasies seem to have more appeal to people who have this heightened need for sexual excitement and thrills. And that makes sense given their taboo nature and also the great intensity often described in these fantasies. Fourth, persons with a history of sexual victimization were more likely to report forced sex fantasies. This finding was somewhat surprising to me because it's contradictory compared to some previous research, which has found no linkage at all between sexual history and fantasies about forced sex. However, most studies finding no linkage were based on pretty small college student samples, whereas my sample was much larger and more diverse with an age range of 18 to 87. So sampling differences might partly explain that discrepancy. That said, it's important to note that this association was small, which means that not everyone who has a history of sexual victimization has fantasies about four sex, and not everyone who has fantasies about four sex has a history of sexual victimization. That said, what I suspect is going on here is that forced sex fantasies may be a way that some people with a history of victimization try to take control of a previous experience over which they had no control. Because in these fantasies, it is the fantasizer who is in control. I just want to reiterate that when we're talking about this link between sexual victimization and forced sex fantasies, we're talking about a very small association. I know that this is controversial, that it even exists at all. And I think it's really important to highlight that it's only some people who have a history of trauma who have these fantasies, and not everyone who has the fantasies has that history of trauma. So it is certainly not there across the board in all cases. We need to be very careful about making cause and effect statements or broad sweeping generalizations. But for some people, that linkage does seem to be there. And I suspect that what's going on there is really that taking control of that previous experience in which you had no control. Next, I found that persons who had lower self-esteem and more attachment anxiety, which basically means more fear of abandonment and needing more reassurance from your partners, that that was linked to reporting more fantasies about forced sex. And again, the correlation here was small, but this suggests that for some people, fantasies about forced sex may stem from a place of low self-worth. As you can see, forced sex fantasies have a very rich psychology behind them. And people may have these fantasies for wildly different reasons. In many cases, these fantasies don't have a deeper meaning beyond someone just having an active imagination, a desire for sexual thrills, or a penchant for dominance and submission. But in other cases, the roots may go much deeper. 
I hope this episode has given you a different perspective on forced sex fantasies, again, sometimes called ravishment or consensual non-consent fantasies. I also hope you now have a better appreciation for how creative people can be in their fantasy worlds and how many different twists you can put on the same fantasy themes. Thank you for listening. To keep up with new episodes of this podcast, visit my website, sexandpsychology at sexandpsychology.com or subscribe on your favorite platform where I hope you'll take a moment to rate and review the show. You can also follow me on social media for daily sex research updates. I'm on Twitter at Justin Laymiller and Instagram at Justin J. Laymiller. Also, be sure to check out my book, Tell Me What You Want. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. <laughs>